All right. This episode is brought to you by Movement Quest. We do special events inside like this one where me and John are going to play a game called Devil's Advocate, where we're each given topics from the members and we have to either defend them or uh, argue against them. So we're going to do a lot more cool events like this. Always cool move corp exclusives, community, all that good stuff, only pans, recipes, and courses on Movement Quest. So if you guys would like to join uh, Movement Quest and be part of these cool events, just click on the link below somewhere in the description. Welcome to Devil's Advocate, the show where John and DJ go head to head on topics that they may or may not be well versed in. First up, we have DJ. DJ, how are you? Are you feeling prepared? Are you ready for this? Um, yes. Awesome. John, how about you? I, uh, I'm concerned for my opponent, but I personally feel ready. Mmm. Mmm. The challenge and the challenger. Let us well. begin. So, rules and guidelines for this game. The topics will be chosen at random. Each person will have one minute to state their case, and then a minute and a half to rebuttal their opponent. But the other person has to hold their tongue until the third round, where it's a uh, free-for-all, where you can start to go back and forth for a few minutes. <laughs> okay? Makes sense? We're both going to have such a hard time sticking to these rules and we both know it. <laughs> and that's okay. That's, that's, why, that's why it's fun. Sound good? Perfect. So let's do a boulder parchment and shears to see who goes first. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> ready? Right. Ready? Uh, okay. Yeah, ready, okay. Ready. On okay. the count of three. One, two, two three, three, go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. So, okay. Instead of going one, two, three, and then going one, two, three, we're just gonna go one, two, three, and on three. Okay. Okay. But we have to. Okay. Has the game begun? Is that this how it's gonna be? Okay. What one, two, three, and then one, two, three. Okay. One, two, three, counting up to the one, two, three. One, two, three, counting up to the one, two, three. Yeah, I feel okay. comfortable with that. One, two, one, three. Two, three. <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> I went late. It's my subconscious had a, uh, some part in that. How about um, we say that you begin, DJ? You start. Perfect. Okay. Because okay. I want to give you any competitive edge that you can get. So okay. nice. So generous. Appreciate that. All right, DJ, you go first. And the topic of random selection is free online workouts provided by fit influencers with no experience in coaching, nor the credits to be prescribing workouts, really help and inspire their followers to start their fitness journey. Here's the coin toss. Heads or tails? For or against? Tails. Tails. And let's see if tails never fails. And the verdict is it has failed. So DJ, as a reminder, the topic is essentially workouts provided by fit influencers with no experience in coaching. 
help and inspire mm -hmm. their followers. In your case, you're going to be taking the opposite side. One minute on the clock, DJ, state your case. Begin. Well, why they might um, inspire people to start. Uh, this is a business um, that is supposed to be regulated where you're working with um, human bodies. So there could be some risk uh, inherent in it, which is why you usually need some sort of certification, may, maybe some sort of uh, place where you actually do the work and learn how to do this before offering it to the masses. So uh, I think uh, the market should limit this, put some regulations in, because it, it's a risk and people can get hurt. And even if a few people are hurt, I think uh, that we shouldn't allow this to happen um, because it's really about the people, you know, it's not about, oh, I have this platform, so I'm going to just, just use it to influence masses. Time. Um, John, state your case. Begin. I would say that if we were to regulate the way fitness influencers, you know, share ideas and workouts and express themselves through the media, where does it stop? It is a slippery slope because aren't we all influencing each other in certain certain ways? I mean, I've learned a lot from my opponent um, just by him expressing his ideas and him sharing his workouts and his programs and and so many others like my dad, you know, just me and him hanging out in the garden and he, you know, like doing some squats and he him showing me the ropes like are you saying that i shouldn't interact with my dad anymore like i feel i feel like we have so much to learn from each other and there are so many beautiful ideas to be shared and expressed but if the market is going to stop us from doing that well it's not the kind of world that i would like to live in to be honest time with the rebuttal you now have a minute and 30 seconds to address any claims or state a stronger case. DJ? Fortunately, my uh, internet cut out during your, your great um, little portion there, but I heard a little bit and I'll say that, look, the reason for this is, you know, I'm not going to sell a free uh, how to perform surgery at home plan uh, if I'm not a qualified medical doctor. I mean, I, I think we could all agree that we should uh, have some consequences in place when you are um, in a field that you need qualifications for giving out. You can give out your opinion on things, but an actual program to sell to people or to give to people to download, um, I think that's going into the product sector where it should be regulated. You could say whatever you want, inspire whoever you want, but to make a product, put it out there for people to do, which is the purpose of it, um, we're going to have to have some sort of quality control. And to be honest, it's not that much in the training industry. So, you know, if you can't even do that, take a little weekend uh, course or, you know, practice it on people in real life, then, um, you know, there's some responsibility we're lacking here. 
and the grown-ups should put something in place to prevent this. Because once again, it's about the people and their safety. Time. Well, I would say that of the very few things that I agree with that my opponent just mentioned, I would say, yes, it is about the people, but it's also about freedom. The freedom of people, but the free exchange of information that can lead to a sum that is greater than its parts. You keep all the parts separated and you put certain parts on a pedestal just because they have experience. Now, I regret to inform you, and I'm not sure if you've heard about this before, but there is such a thing as bad experience where you see certain results based on the programs that you as an experienced coach has designed and you think that oh because i get these results that means that the program is working in this sort of way but there are so many other confounding factors maybe you just gave that program to a person who had a genetic disposition that would allow them to progress further and faster in a more risk-free manner than somebody else it doesn't mean that it's going to work for everyone so i say that we all open our hearts and our minds to a degree that is greater than the extent that my opponent seems to be able to do. And we allow information to flow freely between us. And then we see what comes out of it. And it's time. Of now is the free for all. You have three minutes to go at it. Begin. <laughs> How good did that feel, John? You libertarian. Protecting. Um, protecting the uh, market and letting the people decide I mean, we should just we should get a get rid of all regulations don't you think i think that would create a false dichotomy um and but let's say that we did that let's say that we got rid of all regulations wouldn't the end result be that we at some point came to the point in civilization where we are right now these regulations didn't exist before, did they? And look where we are. Look at what we created. Look at the, no the knowledge that we have accumulated. I am waiting for a response, but it would seem as though... Oh, I thought you were going to make a, a point that was leading somewhere. What, oh, no, what is it that... It's not a, we're not counting points here, DJ. We're counting values. Mm, mm, right, right. Yeah. So, okay, so you're saying uh, without regulation... Uh, people will suffer, will learn through mistakes, will learn through people getting harmed. Mm -hmm. And when um, the people become concerned enough, like, hey, they're spilling uh, sewage and toxic waste in our rivers and just defiling the land. And then maybe someone gets hurt and enough people hear about it. Uh, let's let's get together and, and change this. So you're yeah, saying that's just like a common thing. Situation. Like, hey, you're letting anyone become a trainer and mm -hmm. sell to the masses, a program promising mm -hmm. something. Um, yeah, just let anyone do it. And then, you know, in hindsight, we'll go back and look at the people hurt and we'll put in some some safe, uh, some barriers in that well, process. You know, in, instead of then using regulations uh, decided, decided uh, upon by the people who are experienced coaches, we allow people to regulate themselves. Is that, or, or do you believe that people shouldn't have that option to actually, you know, maneuver their way through their own life? Well, I believe that um, 
individuals should be protected from, you know, corporations, uh, you know, these bigger powers that have these bigger platforms, like the people you're defending, mm -hmm. who could uh, abuse their powers on uh, the individual, you know, I think you would do well in Florida, but not everyone wants to live like that. You know, some people want, um, want some protection and they want to feel safe. They want to feel like someone's looking out for them and that uh, not everyone is just, you know, running around chaotically, unregulated, willing to do whatever they want. Time. <clears throat> wow. I love, I love the fact that y'all went from, from fit influencers to climate change to government and politics. It's uh it's a beautiful turn of events. Well, I think that both me and my opponent agree that there's no difference between the two. Or three, or any <laughs> we knew it was all going to come down to this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good job, everybody. Round of applause for that. Round of applause. Next topic. So DJ, you did the coin toss last time. John will get the coin toss this time. The topic is, I'm not a big fan of Jordan B. Peterson. And here's why. Oh, shit. Okay, so you're either going to be in support of this argument or against the argument. John, please call it heads or tails. Heads. Heads. Heads never dreads. And it is heads. Shit. Are you a fan of Jordan B. Peterson or are you not a fan of Jordan B. Peterson? I'm going to... Um go against my better judgment and say that I am a fan of Jordan B. Peterson. All right. One minute on the clock. John, begin. State your case. <clears throat> There's an old saying which may or may not be um, or originate from the Native Americans, and it says, you should never try to take a belief away from a person because sometimes that is the only thing they have to cling on to. And that, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is why I am in favor of Jordan B. Peterson. Now, I might not agree with everything he says, but that's the thing that Jordan P uh, teaches us. You don't have to agree with everything a person says in order to support them. Now, I support Jordan B. Peterson because he's showing the way for a lot of lost sheep out there who have little to nothing to believe in little to nothing to hope for and he gives them hope and he gives them belief and especially to a group of people who find it challenging to navigate through life time dj with the response or sorry with your case begin well it's good to know that my opponent uh supports a white supremacist but i would just like to say that uh, the problem with this professor of psychology um, from Canada is that he comes to the U.S. and he exploits this large crowd of um, angry alt-right young men uh, who, you know, are, are in a difficult place. He uses this, um, it's really conspiracy theory more than psychology, um, this rhetoric that is really based on toxic masculinity to uh, prey upon them, to instill these, it's almost cult-like advice 
Um, he incites a lot of, I think, anger and fanaticism. And I think he's doing overall more harm than good. Um, Time. I mean, he's one minute and a half for the rebuttal. Begin. A person who interprets cleaning one's room as cult-like advice is a person whose judgment and ideas I am even more fearful of, to be honest. Of all the things he said about, about Jordan B. Peterson, I can pretty much guarantee you that he's been called far worse by better people than yourself. And the thing is, he's not phased by it. He doesn't worry about what people say about him, whether or not he is, you know, uh, for white supremacy or for lobsters or for um, forced carnal levity. The only thing he wants is to give people a bit of guidance. And it's not like he is trying to pull people along, string them along. He's just sharing ideas. And the people who want to listen to him who has the better mind to actually listen to him and not put him in a box, but instead listen objectively to his advice and decide to l take it with them if they feel like it's necessary. Like, there shouldn't be anything wrong about that. And we should, I think we can do better than try to categorize people as automatically belonging to the far right or white supremacy. I mean, that's just going to put even more distance between us. And there's, frankly, too much distance between us already as is evident by you judging a person from Canada coming into America. Time, DJ, with a response. Well, uh, this person you're defending, who you don't want to cause a divide uh, between people, which I agree with, uh, I mean, his whole rise to fame was because he refused to um, give transgender people uh, their uh, preferred pronoun. Uh, he wouldn't call them what they wanted and it, is this someone you think is trying to bring people together and be inclusive um he's really i mean this is just a narcissist who's been given a platform to go on tv and go on tirades and um you know he's seen as uh, the savior the anti-marxist you know that's what you people put him on that side when really he's just driving a divide, a political divide between an issue that isn't even about politics. It's just about accepting people for who they are. And this is the line he stands on. It's, it's really just not giving everyone uh, equal value as a, as a human. He's against um, human values and uh, he might be the most dangerous man in America that you're supporting right now. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel for these people who are being uh, marginalized because of the rhetoric he's saying. Now is the free-for-all. <clears throat> well, uh, DJ, you mentioned that his rise to fame um, came to be because he refused to call people certain things. Now, I could say, DJ, that I regard you and your arguments with an indifference that borders to aversion. But I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because I'm my own person with my own set of beliefs. And I allow myself to be influenced by other people who I believe can make a better or better and big impact on my life and how I choose to think about people. Now, what Jordan B. Peterson does, he allows you to think about people in 
I'm going to say a more holistic manner. He looks at history. He looks at various cultures. He looks at archetypes and he allows you to find some, some sort of anchor point that allows you to feel safe, but also gives you freedom. You know, what he does, he does look at history. He looks at um, fascists and he looks at socialists. He looks at communists. And what he does is he calls people he doesn't like these things, which is an easy thing to do. And it kind of incites hate. And I mean, calling someone a, a Marxist and a communist and saying that um, what you're doing is a metaphorical gulag you're putting people into uh, when he's referring to cancel culture. I don't think this is uh, helping people. And I don't think you're bringing people together. I think you're actually driving a wedge um, by comparing these people to some of the worst villains in history. Mm. Um, so I don't appreciate him bringing that kind of history uh, to the forefront. I understand that you don't appreciate when people bring history to the forefront, seeing as you and your country has such a shortage of history. That's why it's so important to look beyond your own borders and accept Canadians into your own country and see what history has to teach us. Now, America or the United States, because you're not all of America, I'm sure you know this. America is such a young country and you've experienced so little in such a short amount of time. Now, in Europe, in South, uh, in, in Asia, in Australia, We've gone through a lot of things and we've seen a lot of bad things happen when things go or ideas go unchecked, which is why it's so good to have some sort of input that's a bit more with a bit broader horizons and a longer timeline than that of your own. See, the great thing about this country and what Jordan Peterson should realize is that we're actually a melting pot with people who bring their cultures from their own homelands some of the times. And that's what makes us so great is we actually have a lot of culture and heritage that we share. So not only do we have those long histories, traditions and values, but we also get to mix them and share them with others instead of, you know, isolate ourselves in a European Union, which we know how, how that goes when they kind of get together and start scheming through history. Well, but well, let's be honest here, DJ. I mean, when you say that you're a melting pot of cultures, the only thing you're referring to is MasterChef and MTV. There is more to a culture than the food that you appropriate and the music genres you steal. There's also history. There's tradition. There's different norms that you have to learn and relate to. Don't put Gordon Ramsay uh, on us, okay? He came from overseas um, and he is very similar to Jordan Peterson, okay? with how he could just call people names and not have a, a logical, rational discussion. Um, as you know, you're the ad hominem king. Uh, I think he just bypasses critical thinking for uh, personal attacks. Well, it's interesting that you just decided to call me king because you judged Jordan Peterson for not naming people by their preferred pronouns. What if I'm actually a queen? <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go back to calling you a white supremacist since you support him. Uh, as he is a white nationalist, I think we could uh, categorize him as that. So if you support that, hey, I'm okay with you being a white supremacist. I think everyone should have a voice. Um, but I just think Jordan Peterson, if he doesn't stop and people like you, young men like you, who probably have some anger inside, you know, from the past, 
uh, probably have something out against women. Like just know that women are the future. We all came from a mother, one of the most important jobs and uh, whatever time. you identify as is valuable. Time, time, time. How's your, how's your heart rate? Is it steady state right now? Is it zone two? Is it zone three? I, I, uh, the funny thing is what my heart rate lowered whenever DJ spoke about Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> Cause I'm like, yeah, that, I agree with that person. <laughs> I may have had a few moments the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get, let's get a brief review from the audience real quick. What, 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 what are y'all thinking? How do y'all think about that discussion? I feel so toxic. I don't know what's happening anymore, honestly, but it's so hilarious though. That's what we're going for. <laughs> oh, now I know what it feels like to be on the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're preparing you. Tasha, <laughs> uh, Tasha, how do you feel? Well, first off, I don't really know who Jordan B. Peterson is. So, <laughs> oh, you're missing out. Dasha. What a lovely life that was. <laughs> so it's just nice. Thank you. Tasha. I think the mother card is the best card. Yeah. I mean, you call it a card. I call it the truth. It's just. A <laughs> and you say that I hold things against women, DJ, but the only thing I hold against women's is my love. The and most dangerous I hope weapon there is. That for our next debate. All right. All right. Let's go into the next topic here. Okay. That was, that should have been the finale. <laughs> that, was a, that was a charged question. Is this actually, is this a discussion or an argument? That, that's the that's the topic is this a discussion or an argument yeah so you're either going to be for it's a discussion or for it's a it's an argument and then vice versa for the um <clears throat> inverse john you went last time for the coin toss dj heads or tails heads for tails against i will go tails please tails tails all right and it is tails. All right. One minute on the clock starts now. Okay. The argument is starting. All right. Uh, so I think we can agree on what we're doing here. A debate uh, is actually a organized form of an argument. Um, I mean, if we just look at what an argument is, um, I'm reading a definition right now. Uh, an exchange of diverging or opposing views. So I, I know you're going to have to go find the other side and bring some nuance and try to finagle it, you know, into um, against this, but let's just make this easy. Let's just agree. We're having a civil argument, which is really discourse of two oppositional views trying to make a claim uh, for one or the other, uh, AKA debate. So, yeah, in closing, I would like to say I'm really enjoying this argument with you. I think we're doing it um, in a civil way and Time. look forward to continuing. And <clears throat> John, state your case. Begin. Um, sure. That's a that's a great point. And I believe that we can use your input, DJ, to come to um, to reach some sort of decision. And that's what I hope that you want as well, because I mean, that hopefully is the goal of and value that we also look for. But the goal of any type of exchange of ideas is that we use 
those ideas to come to some sort of conclusion instead of just using opposing views to become even more opposite to one another. Now you mentioned the, uh, was it that, that the Merriam-Webster's definition of an argument? If so, I would love to, uh, well, I would love you to, if you could just tell me because that would be valuable information for me. But the definition of a discussion is the action or process of talking about something in order to reach a decision or to exchange ideas. And that's what I'm here for. Um, and I kind of get the feeling that that's what you're here for as well, because, well, I can't say that I know you, but I would love to get to know you more. And I have a feeling that we kind of have the same goal. Um, I appreciate what you said. Um, I agree, but I think words matter. And through an argument, which is really a form of opposing ideas, which when pit against each other, can bring more nuance, can bring more understanding, and can actually force uh, one another to better articulate it or see it in different ways. So in a way, iron sharpens iron. So yes, through this argument is one of the best ways we can achieve a level of discourse. Um, an argument is actually a, a more specific um, mode of discourse, one in which we're doing right now, and one in which uh, uh, breeds all the benefits which you just stated. I'm taking so many notes because I'm learning so much. Something that you said in the very beginning was, I agree with what you said. And that kind of sounds like a discussion to me. Like, like you, you said, like the definition of an argument is that you have diverging or opposite views. And if you agree with what I said, then doesn't that mean that we're having a discussion? Now, I don't know the truth. I can't say this is a discussion or this is an argument because we both have to share our ideas. And the interesting thing is that by sharing those ideas and agreeing with some parts, maybe disagreeing with other parts, it becomes a discussion. So the very way we figure out whether or not this is an argument or a discussion makes this a discussion. Now oh. is the time for the free for all. Well, I uh, understand what you're saying. Definitely. You see this as a discussion because yes, it is a form of discussion, but more specifically. And yeah. I think this is what matters because uh -huh. words do matter. Definitions do. matter. Yeah. Um, if I am injured and I tell mm -hmm. someone I need to go to a building, yeah. that's not really going to help. We have to say hospital because okay. it's the type of building which we are really want to engage with. Right yeah. now we're engaging in argument, which is the type of discussion. Okay. So while yes, there is uh, the, the umbrella of discussion, mm -hmm. um, what uh, supersedes that or takes priority is the true clear definition, which Clarity. is an argument. Argument. I can't help but agree with you. And this is where the argument ends. Oh, and we can begin a discussion. No, I kind of want to continue because I'm learning so much from you. It would be sad for the argument to end because that means that we've reached a conclusion already. I think we should continue. And by extension, if we continue, it becomes a discussion again. Good closing words. <laughs>
Uh, 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 wow. Uh, wow. 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 Uh, I'm getting wow. a break. I am no longer going to be a contrarian after this. <laughs> Sheldon, what did you, you think about that discussion argument? I, I think discussions are arguments and arguments are discussions. So we don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just you just made this into an argument. <laughs> how, how dare you, Sheldon? You just brought us together in our disagreement. <laughs> By uniting us, you have made yourself an enemy. <laughs> oh, the topic is prerequisites are necessary. John? Hmm. Heads or tails? Heads, prerequisites are necessary. Tails, prerequisites aren't necessary. Tails. Tails it is. One minute on the clock starts now. We all tend to do new things every day. I walk differently over different terrain every day. I think new thoughts every day. I pick up new babies whose foreheads I kiss every day. My life is dynamic and ever-changing. I have a tendency to do new things because life is an adventure. I like to experience it, all the tastes and flavors and experiences that I can get. And it's interesting because if these <clears throat> actions, these experiences are only things that we get to experience by having the right prerequisites, why am I still alive? With a life as vibrant as my own, how is it possible that my body still functions if I had to have specific prerequisites for every single action, every single movement, every single source of joy that is in my life? Time. Yeah, that, that was beautiful. And it sounds like a Sounds good on paper, great life philosophy, you know, new things happen. But uh, as far as practical terms, someone in a gym where we're actually isolating things um, and we're introducing a lot of risk, a lot of load um, that is repeated, I think we need to use certain uh, general rules or heuristics to keep things as safe as possible. So um, coaches uh, just having a hundred people in the room do a overhead snatch. Can we really trust that everyone in the room has the same capacity, the same shoulder mobility to be able to handle that task? That's where it's a coach's job comes in to actually personalize something. You make sure each person has the prerequisite, whether that be skill, whether that be technique, whether that be mobility to do the task you're asking of them. And this is where training becomes personalized. Once again, I'm going to bring it back to the human, to the individual, to that grandma um, coming in the gym that you don't care about, obviously. The rebuttal starts now. Well, I was hoping for a battle of wits, but it would seem as though my opponent is currently unarmed. The thing is, uh, DJ, that you say that my idea of living a life a rich life, an interesting life where I do new things and I seem to yet still be functioning properly is good on paper. But isn't it your idea, which in actuality is on paper, 
Now, before the emergence of these arbitrary prerequisites, did not people still function? And I mean, you're, you seem like a numbers guy, or at least a person who appeals to numbers. Have you looked at the numbers and seen whether or not people who have these so-called prerequisites are more injury or pain free? I mean, when it all comes down to it, there's, it's an interesting, appealing, charming claim, but it has yet to be substantiated. And there doesn't seem to be any proof that it actually works. So I say, if people want to snatch, let them snatch. And just increase the degree of intensity, the degree of range of motion, gradually, as any other sane person would do, instead of asking them to do something entirely else and making money off of it. Time. Thank you for making that point. I agree that scaling and decreasing intensity, load, range of motion to meeting them where they're at is meeting their prerequisites because that's what all these things are. So measuring, building, individualizing is actually why we need to take prerequisites into consideration so that we could progressively start from there and build it up over time. When people get injured, you just don't have them do some banded stuff, uh, wait till they heal and then throw them back in the same thing that injured. You should actually build the prerequisites that help them not get injured again and are able to handle the task that injured them in the first place. Um, it's really just basic training. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you don't see an argument in, in that logic. Uh, thank you for coming to the debate. And now the free for all begins. I'm, I'm slightly concerned for my opponent seeing as he just used his entire vocabulary in a single statement. Use words like prerequisites, use things like words like progression, but what do these things actually mean? Like, why is it, for instance, that all of the prerequisites that you're talking about have been predetermined? You talk about customizing a program. Now, how can you customize a program if the prerequisites have been predetermined by an arbitrary standard, DJ? I mean, you're the one saying that. The, that's not, you can't, you're assuming that. Who's doing this? Well, speaking of assumption, isn't prerequisites an assumption? Uh, once measured, then you could uh, have a baseline and you could see roughly uh, where that prereq is. Oh, that's an interesting choice of words. Roughly. So you're saying I've... that there's actually no precision here? For some well, I mean, nothing could be measured 100% accurately. Well, but how about 90 how about 80? How about 70? How about 60? On which end of the scale from zero to 100 would you say that you are in terms of judging whether or not the prerequisites are scientifically precise? Well, you could test a range of motion or you could test it for that day, for that session. And that's roughly where we should be doing work within. Uh, this seems like common sense to me. Uh, if you want to pick that apart even more, I'd be happy to hear it. Well, I can. I'm just concerned whether or not you would able to be able to defend it. The thing is, if you roughly measure something at one point in the day, in one exercise, and then you make them do another exercise at another point in, in the day, is that precise? Is that specific? Well, what a good coach would do is have every rep of every set 
in itself a sort of assessment so that it's a moving target that you're constantly adjusting to. Now, I know this is going to be a lot more work on the side of the coach and trainer. And I know you'd like to systemize things and not have to, you know, be there one-on-one. -on -one. But for someone who wants to kind of uh, be a hands-on coach in the field, in the trenches, uh, it's a practical way to approach things. Well, not saying it's for everyone. No, I mean, you're basically implying that it is a bit difficult to understand, but I hope you understand that the fact that nobody understands you doesn't make you an artist or a good coach. It's about simplicity. It's about clarity. It's about transparency. And it's also about being honest about what you actually can do and what you can conceive and what you can predetermine. And there aren't that many things that can be predetermined or foreseen when it comes to movement. I agree with you. We roll with the punches, but when you roll with the punches and you do so in a systemized manner that's based on predetermined prerequisites, are you actually rolling with the punches or are you throwing them out yourself? Time. DJ, how do you feel about that one? I feel okay. <laughs> DJ is going to go back to Dr. Dre and just say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, literally, I know that I had taken the red pill all along. <laughs> Take me back. He's just kissed the ring. <laughs> I'm sure we're still cool. Just like me and Ido. <laughs> interesting how we've never been more ourselves when we speak on behalf of something that we don't believe in <laughs> it's 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 authenticity through escapism is what mm. it is i actually don't know how familiar you guys are with the, with this topic but but we'll do it doesn't our matter <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best the topic is marvel versus dc which side oh. are you on oh shit all right so heads you're for marvel tails i have to do a lot of bullshitting because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that much wait so um who's in dc is a is like D -D -D yeah as, batman. As a batman superman wonder woman green lantern oh, like all the justice league people yeah and all green the justice lantern, league is DC. green lantern is in dc right too right yes x-men is marvel x-men is marvel MCU Deadpool is Marvel. Yes, Deadpool is Marvel. All right. Green Arrow is DC. DC. Hawkeye. Daredevil. Marvel. Marvel. Yes. Daredevil is Marvel. Daredevil is Marvel. Marvel. <clears throat> John, heads or tails? Heads, Marvel, tails, DC. Um, I'm going to go um, tails. Tails, DC. All right, here we go. And... What do you know? Tails. Cool. All right, here we go. <clears throat> John begins. One minute to start. State your case. Marvel versus DC. John, you're in favor of DC. Three, two, one, begin. I would say that the main reason I'm in favor of the DC Comics universe, which I'm very familiar with, is the fact that the characters are simply more unique and interesting than in the Marvel Universe. Uh, as an example, there are more vigilantes, people who work on the outside of the law because they're trying to, they actually see that the status quo needs to be disrupted, right? So you have Batman, you have the Green Arrow. These are normal human beings who haven't been granted supernatural powers. 
they are simply an expression of the potential that human beings have, either by training, but also by accumulating resources. And they show how you can make the world better from the outside and the inside at the same time, not as these juiced up mutants who just been granted these amazing powers that came out of nowhere, but through discipline, through empathy, and by smart investments. And the same can be said about the villains in the DC universe as well. They're time. Fuck. Okay. DJ. Um, great points. Great points you just made. Uh, as far as the um, vigilantes, I don't know if you've seen Marvel Civil War, but I mean, a lot of them are vigilantes actually going against the government. Even Captain America, as odd as that may sound. And you also mentioned that, oh, you know, a lot of these DC characters, I think you're talking about like um, Green Arrow and Batman primarily. Um, in Marvel, you know, we have Hawkeye, we have Black Widow, we have characters who you know, just physically, they had their abilities, but also these very strong main characters like Iron Man. I mean, he uses his technology and smarts to build um, technology that will give him powers. Uh, same you could say for Falcon, these are just ordinary people who um, are using weapons pretty much. So I, I see what you're saying, but I think it applies more so to Marvel actually. Um, thank you. Um, I regret to inform you that, that I have to disagree with you on this one point. I, you mentioned that Captain America goes against the government, but he wouldn't exist if it were not for the government. They juiced him up. They used all their resources to basically make a super soldier. He would be nothing if it wasn't for his government and tax money. Now, you mention Iron Man as well. Well, why should we celebrate a person who created weapons of mass destruction and then only like at the latest part of his life decided, you know what, I'm going to become a weapon of mass destruction myself and try to save the world because I have illusions of grandeur and then I'm going to create a ton of collateral damage as well. Now, compare that to the DC Universe, 1941. That was the first Wonder Woman, uh, when the first Wonder Woman comic came out. The first female superhero. Now, why did they decide to create Wonder Woman? Well, it was actually a commentary on World War II. They wanted women to feel like they were a part of the fight, because of course they were. It wasn't just like all the... the the Johns out in Normandy fighting on the beach there, it was also the women, and they should also feel and be allowed to contribute to fighting the war. And so the release of the Wonder Woman comic actually changed the entire mentality around World War II. It wasn't about young boys sacrificing their, their lives on D-Day. It was about a nation caring for one another, protecting each other, and also defeating their enemies that was that was good um you, you appealed to a lot of people i'm also going to appeal to people by mentioning that stan lee uh rest in peace you know wow what a lot of great work uh, <clears throat> what he did with marvel was he introduced actually the black panther which is credited as one of the first black superheroes in comics in the 60s what a time to do that what a statement man good go marvel can we just all agree on that um, but I'm going to get objective here and just look at recently. Most people are looking at the franchise's movies, Marvel versus DC. 
Um, let's just go off of awards. Marvel wins more awards, sells more tickets. They actually kind of got together to create a universe, universe and storyline where DC, they seem kind of confused. They don't know where they're going, what they're doing. Um, so just going off the numbers and how we um, gauge, because you could be subjective and say, I like this better, I like that better. Um, let's just go off ticket sales. Uh, Marvel is in the lead. Well, if we're going to take a look at uh, what the ticket sales say, uh, you'll quickly find that the the more, I'm going to say, the books that are of a lower quality are often easier to make movies about because there's simply more leeway. Like, there's a lot more space, there are less details. Uh, it's way easier to create good movies out of shitty books because it allows the director to have more creative input. Which is why we've seen again and again Hollywood fuck up the DC uh, comics. They're simply too nuanced. There are too many social commentaries. And, I mean, I, I, I for one feel somewhat betrayed, but also pretty inspired by all the brave directors from all sorts of demarginalized groups that try to create movies out of DC <laughs> comics. Um, it's, it's a valiant attempt, uh, as opposed to making Marvel movies, which people are going to watch just because, you know, they're the ones sitting on all the money. Um, and hey, I hope you enjoy that Disney Plus subscription. They're good people. Can I ask you a question real quick? Because I'm not actually familiar too much with DC. Yeah. Uh, can you name a, a black DC superhero? Yes. Uh, John Stewart, 1971. He was a part of the Green Lantern universe. Oh, we really had to pull back for that one. Um, can you name uh, two female superheroes in the DC universe? Well, I just mentioned a Wonder Woman who, let's be honest, <laughs> represents all of us. <laughs> so, so you might think of her as just one character when in fact she is the best of us. Okay, so there's one. I, I just want to point out a great a scene in Endgame, Marvel, where they actually made a point to gather all the female characters on the battlefield at the same time, they just happen to be together and they did stroke a, a great pose, which I think is very empowering. Yeah, um, you know, they really took great on at, Thanos, the, the really greatest adversary at, in the universe. Well, <clears throat> that's a bold statement. But yeah, I, I will say that Marvel is really good at grouping all the female characters together and separate from the male characters. It's, it's an interesting artistic choice, which borders to, I'm going to say, uh, toxic masculinity. Batwoman. How good was Hawk Wonder Girl. Woman 1984, though? <laughs> Kristen Stewart, man. <laughs> she should have stepped down. <laughs> Best costume department in Hollywood in that, in that movie. And um, time. Thank you. Beautiful. Oh, Good Ooh. job defending that one. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That's a battle. Wow. wow.